Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 302 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Touched by Type 1, and their mission is to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, raise funds to find a cure, and inspire those with diabetes to thrive. You know Touched by Type 1. They've just recently changed their name. They used to be Dancing for Diabetes. Check them out at touchedbytype1.org. And if you're in the market for a blood glucose meter, I mean a really great blood glucose meter, head over to contournext1.com. See if you're eligible for an absolutely free meter by clicking that button right at the top of the screen. And to get Arden's Dexcom G6, and you're going to hear a lot about the Dexcom, and there's a great story at the end of this one. Oh, you'll, you'll see. I don't want to, like, spill the beans. But if you want to get a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor, find out more about it, definitely head over to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There are links to all of the sponsors right there in the show notes of your podcast player. Or, of course, you can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com. So much happened in this episode that I don't even know how to bundle it up in like a little descriptive nugget for you. I'm sorry. Just know that Stacy's going to come on and talk about her daughter's diabetes. At some point, we're going to talk about looping, some algorithm-based pumping. We're going to talk about a crazy almost emergency slash emergency that Stacy's daughter had an epiphany. There's just, it's hard to, my notes here are just, I don't know how to make sense of them. Here's what I would tell you. I'd listen to the show. If I was you, I would listen to the whole thing straight through. And I think you're going to enjoy it. And like I said, the story at the end is bananas. I'm going to call this one. Am I going to call this one Hulk Hogan's dragon? I might. We're waxing, waning, and Hulk Hogan's dragon. No. No, it might just be Hulk Hogan's dragon. No, or I don't know. It's going to be a game time decision when I type it in. Just know this. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. And a little uh, little tag here, let me say this. This will be one of a couple of episodes coming up in short order where I start talking about looping a little bit. I want you to remember that this one and the next one for certain, I was nowhere near where I am now with algorithm-based pumping. So you're going to hear me still figuring things out and saying things that are a little, uh, seems like I'm confused and I'm still getting to it, which I was when this happened. And I want you to hear the, you know, the build from the last two looping episodes through this one and the next one you're going to hear. I want you to hear the whole thing, that how it went for me. Also know that there's another version of the app that we're using now that we weren't using then. So there are going to be some sort of issues that you hear me talk through that kind of don't exist to that degree anymore. And spoilers. Even though I'm going to sound completely confused, not so much in this episode as I'm going to sound in the next looping episode that you hear, but uh, it all works out. Things are going really well. I just think there's a ton of value in you hearing the journey so that you might know what to expect if the time comes when you make the decision to try an algorithm-based pump. All right, that's all I got for you. We're going to put the ads up front. You'll hear them pretty soon, and then it's going to be a straight-through shot 
right to the crazy story at the end. I'm Stacy Dillon, and I'm a mom of three, and I have a type 1 diabetic named Riley, um, who's 14, and we randomly, finally, wholeheartedly bumped into the Juice Box, Juice Box podcast, and um, now we're forever believers. Oh, well, that's excellent. Uh, how long ago was Riley diagnosed? So Riley was diagnosed in 2007. She was just shy of her third birthday. Mm -hmm. And the day that it became most evident happened to be Valentine's Day. Um, so she was diagnosed on the 15th, but the 14th was a really traumatic, hard day. So Is that a 2005? 2007. Seven. Excuse me. I, I don't know. I do that sometimes. I, can, I did the math off of Arden's. Uh, birth date, and I meant to do the math off of Arden's diagnosis date. So you are just literally like a year and a few months behind us. Just shy. Yeah. And it's so funny because when we first started listening, I had to like figure out how old she was, Arden that is, right. because I'd hear you say things and I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure that's the age she is? Because I got a girl that age and that is not how it's going for us. <laughs> so, um, and then it's just been interesting. I know by the time this goes up, it will be a different time, but the stuff that I've been currently listening to, I'm definitely seeing changes in your day to day with Arden that are where we were before. So it's just kind of interesting the age and the body and how all that stuff works. Yeah, no kidding. There's um there's a year in there where things make a giant shift. So you were it's that's so interesting. So you're listening behind a little bit. Like you're finding the podcast and you're you're kind of I guess catching up. And on top of that, I record fairly far out into the future. Exactly. So, right. So I'm talking about something that's happening and it maybe happened in January. You're not listening to it till June. Right. And in that short gap of time, Arden went from like 13, a little kid, to 14, not a little kid, and everything kind of shifts so quickly. Well, which is what I'm so excited about. And, you know, from the minute that we listened, um, which we'll probably get into, but we had like a serious major life transformation, which um, happened with the change of, of the way we were handling diabetes. And as we're sort of going through that stuff, I'm like excited to see like, okay, what's going on with them? How are they doing it? Because it has been so close to us. And when we had just recently a couple of, um, we were like on the path, on the path, and we had a couple of hitchups and I was like, okay, that's it. I need to talk to Scott. And instead of like trying to connect with him offline, I want to do it on the podcast so that we can potentially help other teams because I think a lot of the information that you give is great, but how does it work in each and individual person's sort of makeup in life? And because our life is, you know, kind of the same equation, it's interesting to see how you might give advice, you know, pretty close to the range of, of the same kind of kid, you know, girl, tween, teen, body changing, all that kind of stuff. And of course, Stacey, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast is advice, but I will discuss with you what I would do in that situation, and then you can do whatever you want from there. Uh, That's one of our funniest things around the house. We're often quoting that. Um, we'll be saying something, and then everyone will stop and we'll say, but of course, this is not advice. Please consult your physician. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Anyone who's ever spoken to me privately will know that I start the phone call off by saying, hi, 
you know, I'm happy to talk to you. Just please understand that, you know, I'm not an entity. I'm not a company. I'm a person. I'm not a doctor. If I say anything on this phone call when I'm describing how my daughter's care goes uh, and you decide to put that into your life and you or your kid dies, it's not my problem and don't call me back. And so it's a, well, but you know, it's the a thing much that, nicer disclaimer on the podcast. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that it really is true. And one of the things that has hit me so hard from hearing and listening to other people's stories is that I truly believe the reason that we are in this sort of holding pattern um, of how they're training people to care for this disease is that they are doctors and they're not willing to be bold because they can't. And it really is detrimental to the long-term health of someone if you don't really have all the information. So while you're not giving us advice, sharing your story um, and giving a vehicle for others to share their story is um, just sort of monumental in the shift. So thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate you saying that. And you're very welcome. I would tell you that Stuff happens behind the scenes you'd be so amazed by. Like, there are people whose jobs it is to go around and talk to collections of doctors to try to talk them into giving people with diabetes better advice. And and it doesn't... Hopefully it'll stick. Yeah, listen, I don't know if it does or it doesn't. But uh, I definitely, you know, you hear me say it all the time. Like, I definitely think some of it is fear. I think some of it is they don't want to be on the hook if it goes wrong. And I think some of it is they don't know. Or maybe a mixture of that or, you know, one thing for one doctor and one for a different one. I definitely, and I definitely yeah, it is a combo. It is a combo because there's no way. That's the thing about diabetes. It's not ever one single thing. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, you hear the stories from people who, you know, get threatened even. Like, you know, hey, hey I, you know, I corrected a 300 number. My doctor told me they were going to call diphus. I mean, imagine that, you know. I would have been like, I'm going to call diphus on you. What do you think of that? Dancing for Diabetes is now Touched by Type 1. Check them out at touchedbytype1.org to find out why. All you got to do is scroll down a little bit and you'll see Elizabeth Forrest right there. She's the president and the founder of Touched by Type 1. She's going to explain the whole thing to you. I can't even. I can't even. Right? <laughs> well, you know, as I was driving late, of course, from my house with the barking dog, um, to my office, so I could have a quiet place. I said to my husband, you know, the thing about doing this podcast today is I remember the first email that we got after diagnosis from someone that we knew from someone, but not really. Yeah. And the words that were in that that email at the time, I said, you know, if I ever have an opportunity, and, you know, of course, I pray I never do. But when that is presented to me, I will forever and always share our story um, from that very minute, even though I didn't really know what that meant. Um, because it is in sharing the stories of what your true life is dealing with type one, um, that is helpful to other people, good, bad, or indifferent. I think it has to be. I listen, I did something the other night that I was scared as I was doing it. And I still thought, I don't know how in good conscience I wouldn't have this conversation with this person, even though I don't know them and their situation seems incredibly dire and a little scary. I just didn't know how to say no to them. It just seemed, right. it seemed wrong, you know? Um, well, I was just gonna say, and that's the thing is, you know, you, you, you think about the people who are not able to make the changes and are just struggling along, which is again, what really pushed me to send the email to say, okay, now I know what I want to talk about because I try and share the story with other people. 
And what I hear back from them sometimes, I'm like, well, I can see why you might not want to do this, right? Or I can see where you're at. Um, and that's got to be challenging to be stuck. Yeah, it is. Okay, so let's, um, let's think about where we want to jump in based on what you are thinking about saying. I think we're going to go with explain to me what your days were like with diabetes prior to finding the podcast. Let's jump right in and talk about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. This is the meter Arden has been using for a while now. Uh, it is beautiful, tiny, but not too small. You know, you can still hold it. It's got a light so you can see while you're texting in the dark. Uh, it comes with a, a little, got, got a little Bluetooth inside of it there, which lets it talk to your phone. Now you can use the meter without the phone, but if you want to download the Contour Diabetes app, well, then you're going to add a ton of functionality and it's going to be really simple to use because the meter is Bluetooth enabled. You're going to test on the meter. It's going to show up on the app. That's pretty easy. You'll be able to integrate your blood glucose meter with your smartphone app. This is going to help you simplify the management of your diabetes. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? You got to go check them out. Contournextone.com. There's links in the show notes. I'd prefer if you clicked on that, but if you want to type it into the browser, I can't stop you. When you get there, there's going to be a little yellow thing at the top of the screen. I guess you'd call it a button. Uh, it says get a free Contour Next One meter, but there's like a little mark next to it, which I think means not everybody's eligible, but I don't know who is and who isn't. It's worth checking out. So let's not forget the Contour Next One meter, super accurate, easy to use, nice, feels good in your hand. They've got an app that goes with it, and that app is available at the Google Play Store or at the App Store for iPhone. ContourNextOne.com. Check it out. It really is the best meter Arden has ever used. And while we're talking about the best blood glucose meter Arden's ever used, might as well tell you about the greatest continuous glucose monitor on the face of this here planet. That's the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. This one's easy. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There's links in the show notes, but anyway, you get there, just get there. Because when you do, what you're going to find is that you can have glucose readings right on your smart device. Again, iPhone or Android. Not only that, but the Dexcom G6 CGM is FDA permitted to make diabetes treatment decisions without a confirmational finger stick or calibration. Right? There's like a little thing here that says, if your glucose alerts and readings from the G6 do not match the... You'll read it when you get there. There's a whole bunch going on. Okay? Customizable alerts and alarms. That means find out when your blood sugar is rising and falling you'll actually be able to see how fast it's moving and in what direction. This is invaluable information to make decisions about your insulin. If you don't think that's true, wait till you hear the story at the end of this episode. Okay, what else? The Dexcom uh, is the only provider of CGM systems that's indicated for children ages two years or older, and you can share your data with up to 10 followers. Really think about what that means for a second. You, as an adult living with type one, or your child, as a younger person, can be wearing the Dexcom G6 CGM. That information from the Dexcom can go into your smartphone, up to the internet world, and come back down to 10 people, up to 10 people of your choosing. Those are people who love you, who can see the direction and speed and level of your blood sugar. I don't know what you're doing still listening. You should already be at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, but... You're probably torn, right? You're like, Scott said there's a big story at the end, but I want to get a Dexcom and I'm going to grab a 
contour next one meter. There's a lot of... I know what you're thinking. How do you decide? Let's get back to the show now and cruise right through to the end. Uninterrupted. I was a late adopter to podcasts, and I the first podcast that I went to look for was a diabetic podcast because I thought, well, what is something that I could benefit from in life that is every day, every minute? So I looked for one, and I subscribed, and then I never listened because I think I didn't know how and whatever. So um, for the next, I guess, year and a half, we were in um, burnout mode. Um, Riley is an amazing child. She, good grades, well-behaved, everything that you could, you know, pray for in a child and a type one diabetic child on top of that. Um, but we were tired, you know, um, almost 11 years in at that point, the day to day, um, she was solidly taking care of things, um, with the pump herself. Um, we have Dexcom G6. But it was just really mundane, and it was something that I feel like we weren't giving the right kind of energy to. We were fighting um, every time there was a change needed to happen. It just it was just getting really um, I don't know how to say other than crappy. Just was, and I felt like that negativity was then putting negativity into her soul and spirit that type one already does, and then here I am shoving it in, um, and I felt like we were lost. Just chasing all the time, not ne never ahead. Yeah, chasing and like you know, you go. We would go to our endo appointments, and we were rock stars. Like we do, we you know, we have the information for them. You know, we're we're actively managing it. Her A one C was, um, I want to say, mostly between seven point five and seven eight. There was um, right when she started puberty, we hit I think eight point one for one appointment. But according to what they were telling us, we were rocking it out. I felt like we weren't because of the fighting and the drama. And it just seemed like it could be easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and but what they were telling us, we were doing fine. Um, I would say her average blood sugar was, you know, more felt like 170 was, you know, all right, we're doing OK. And if we hit a 250, it was like no big deal. Where now, if we hit a 170, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Did you not pre-bowl us? How and is it we messed this up so badly? Let's all get right? together and figure it out. <laughs> and it's just so funny because, you know, I was with someone the other day and texting a, another um, T1D mom and I was telling her to correct a 123. And she's like, you're correcting a 123? I'm like, yeah, because see that little dot right there? That one is above that one. And in a minute, that's going to be 136. And I was blowing her mind. Good for you. That's excellent. I love that uh, you guys are all sort of doing your own version of the podcast out in the real world when you're talking to other people. It's, that's really, it's really <laughs> oh, and of course, I mess it all up. And like for the longest time, I was listening to one of the podcasts and I was like, what are they even talking about? And it was injections, okay. but um, the MDI, like I didn't even know what that was. Right. And like, uh, there's so much diabetic stuff that I just, we don't pay attention to it in that way. And I think that's one of the things that the podcast has also brought is that the community of hearing other people's stories has been really what, what's helped us too. It's excellent. Actually, you just made me think of something. So uh, I am right now building a running list of definitions that Jenny and I are going to go over on the podcast. I just love her. You guys are such a good, um, like, freaking frack back and forth of 
you know, she's able to keep it medical yet easy to understand. And it's just, I'm, I, when I heard those first come on, I was like, Oh, this will be interesting. And I listened to all of them, even if I felt like they weren't like exactly our, our jam. And I learned so much. Yeah. I think even the ones that aren't like, I, I tried really hard to say to people, I see this one is MDI. It's about injecting and maybe you don't inject, but please listen to it anyway, just because it all builds into a direction and it's hard to believe in the moment. Probably it's also hard to believe that I planned anything out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I remember one time you said to her, it's like, what are we talking about today? <laughs> oh, please. You have no idea. We, we, we started talking to each other and I was like, what do you, which one do you want to do today? We did them out of order, like whichever ones we felt like, wherever we had space and time sometimes. And um, That's the authenticness of it too. And, and what I really tried when I'm sharing the story now with people is like, just listen to what people are doing and then see how it fits in your life. And back to that, like it's, it's not advice. You aren't a doctor, but if you can hear what other people doing are doing and see how that might relate and the small shifts in your realm um, can have huge results. So important to realize that it's possible that if I lay out 10 ideas on the podcast that you may only need six of them or, right. or that one of them may just be counterintuitive to your life or not work for you. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you that I think if you wrap your head around these ideas and some of them will help you and help you kind of in big ways. So, okay. So you're living prior with, I think you're living with an A1C before the podcast that I think most people would be pretty thrilled with. Honestly, right. Right. And I obviously it's so much better than what your doctor sees generally speaking with the people who come into the practice that they don't even look at you and say, Hey, maybe you could do a little better than a seven, five, because the person who came in before you had a nine or a 10 or an 11. And they look at you and they're like, this person doesn't need, it's almost like being that, um, the kid in your family. I don't know. It's people who are from bigger families will, will get the feeling of this. Like if you have a few brothers and sisters and they struggle in school and you don't struggle, your parents ignore you because they only right. they only have so much bandwidth to give to the idea of helping children with homework, and they're going to give it to Billy who can't count the fingers on his hand, not, right? Right. Not, not you who's struggling to figure out algebra in seventh grade, you know. So I feel like there's like something in your chart that needs to ding and be like, okay, they're ten years in, they're rocking it out. Let's let's put them on the advanced course now yeah. because. Quite frankly, I didn't even know there was an advanced course, right? And so I wouldn't know to ask for it. And the things that we were struggling with of more, um, you know, figuring out the tween teen thing and giving her freedom and me also being burnout and my negativity, those were the things that we were working on. But really hidden inside that was that her blood sugar was high. Yeah, I, but we didn't know that because of the charts that they're giving us and what they're they're telling us. She was good. I'm going to reference Facebook twice during our conversation today. One and just very vague, you know, generally speaking, I'm not going to point to focused at something. But I saw a thread the other day where a mother said, "I don't care if my kid's blood sugar is high; they need to be respectful of me." And then a bunch of people jumped in and started agreeing with her that diabetes wasn't an. Uh, an excuse for poor behavior, which I don't think it is, but it's like no one in the thread understood that your brain becomes altered when your blood sugar is 300. Right. Right. That you're not having reasonable reactions to things that you're, that you're not in control of what you're saying, even though most of you seems completely 
reasonable and you there's still there's still pressures and and implications that are coming from that high blood sugar that are changing your reactions to things it could even be down to like facial tics you know to when someone says something to you maybe you let your this you know maybe somebody says something to your maybe you say something to your kid when their blood sugar is 300 that they disagree with you about that mostly they wouldn't you know, make a face at you, but now you get the face because they can't hold the face in it. You get a exactly. or, or a sigh or, you know, you know, the big blown up cheeks or something like that. And now you're like, Hey, don't be disrespectful of me. And your diabetes isn't an excuse and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's a, it's a bad idea. It, it's And then we're 20 minutes in a battle and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and, you know, she already has it hard enough. And then with that, stuff, we're just piling it on higher and deeper. And not only that, that anger is probably pushing her blood sugar up and you could, be getting, <laughs> and you could be getting her blood sugar down during that time. But instead you're just, it really is like for anyone who's married, it really is like when your spouse says something that doesn't matter in the, in the bigger picture and you can just go past it if you want to. But if you just, there are times when you think, Hey, you know what? I'm going to pick a fight right here. Right. right? And you do that. And then like three hours later, you think, why did I, why did I do that? You know, like, <laughs> totally. it, was, it was stupid, you know, but, but here we are now we've changed our relationship. Um, we've ignored the real problem and, and we've been a little petulant, honestly, right. you know, because I'm tired and you're my kid and please listen to me and I can't take this anymore and you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but so the, my bigger problem was that then people kept coming in and reinforcing it. I don't take that from my kid when their blood sugar's high. Like that kept happening. And I thought I wanted so badly to say, hey, you guys, like this is not an apples to apples conversation you're having. Like this isn't a kid who just stood up in her bedroom and decided to go be in, you know, an a-hole in your living Right. You know, it, it, that's not what happened. Uh, but I stayed out of it because talking on Facebook is. <laughs> it's the beginning of the end. Really? You're, you're not going anywhere positive. You're out of your mind if you think you're going to jump into a, a lake of piranhas and talk them into not eating your flesh. So I was just like, you know, I'll do it here on the podcast instead. So um, I think that that really, though, I mean, is the core of it for me, for those who I'm trying to share the story with, that their teen has been, you know, 250 for years. Right. Yep. And that personality or who they are at that 250 has become so strong that they don't even know that that's not them. And, and how do you stick a pin in that and start fresh? I mean, and that probably somewhat leads to how we were able to do it. But like, I just don't even know where to like suggest to them to start on that. Ah, I do. Okay, good. <laughs> they get their basal insulin right so that their boluses work better, so that they don't have high blood sugar, so that that's not who their kid is anymore. But Which more is, so when, like, you just you talking about a 16-year-old, yeah. do you go in the night and you go in and you mess with their settings and you just do it to them? Like, how do you physically do that? Ah, I see. So what happens when the kid's sort of autonomous, has an opinion in their brain that they're 35 and they don't need to listen to you anymore, and, and they've been 250 forever, so like they're already forever. Right. Yeah. So they're 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 borderline serial killers, and and now you're going to go try to talk them out of stabbing somebody, right? And, right. And how do you not get stabbed in the mean <laughs> in, in that conversation? And then there's two things on that that make me think of actual 
you know, I talk to you in my car when I'm driving along um, and or your um, other podcast folks. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Or, oh, good for you. Um, and it's been like that from the beginning. So my kids make fun of me because I'm always they're like, who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm talking to Scott. We're, we're, we're working some stuff out here. But I remember there was a woman and her son had been diagnosed 10 months prior. And it was like, I think the second one that I listened to. Mm -hmm. And I just kept like saying to her, you don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Wait until you're 10 years in. And literally something hit me. And I was like, wait, what? I don't know. (laughs) Like it just opened up. And I was like, you know what? I need to listen to her because she's coming at this with a fresh set of eyes. And it, that was a huge wake up call to me that, you know, why was I getting so upset? And, you know, so if someone out there is listening right now that's in the space with a team that's been high, that maybe they can just take a step back from it and look at it from a different direction. It, it's you can get stuck in a rut. And I'll tell you, it happens to me, too, in my life. But this podcast allows me to step back. Right. Like I get to have a wider view while I'm speaking to somebody. And it's just as cliched is a thing to say, but you know, if you hold your hand right in front of your face, you can't see as much of it as if you hold it three feet away. And you know, you just, sometimes you get so super focused on what's right in front of your nose that you lose sight of the big picture. My kid's yelling at me. I'm yelling at her. This is a problem. She doesn't listen, blah, blah, blah. Well, move your hand away two more inches. Maybe it's her blood sugar. Move it away two more inches. Does she have her period? Move it away further. She just failed a test at school and you don't know yet. And blah, 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 blah. Like, why is this really happening? Things are so infrequently happening for the reason you think. Um, It just, it, it, things, and then how do you do that? How do you make that time and that space when you're trying to live your life and you have two other kids and I'm assuming you have a job and a husband who's probably bugging you for sex and it takes a lot of effort <laughs> to tell him no. And then you have to like, you know, eat and watch television and vacuum the floor and, and right. Yeah. Well, and I think too, one of the things that I've learned in my life over the last, you know, five, six years of really trying to just pause and stop and be more mindful. And cause I'm kind of a nut job, um, is to, to listen. And when either something is presented to myself or the universe, or whatever it is, and um, how I actually came to listen to the podcast was I got a um, a thing from iTunes or however you get podcasts that says it's been 486 days since you've listened to the Juice Box podcast. Would you like to continue? Um, and I was like, what? Oh, hey, I don't think I ever listened to that podcast. I think it's like a dad and his daughter or something. Um, and so I played it that morning. And it was literally scary to me that I felt like divine intervention had been like, "Ah," that I was supposed to listen because we had had, you know, three or four fights um, over the last couple of days that had gotten pretty hairy. Um, And that was sort of what started it. Well, first of all, I don't think that was Jesus. I think that's an algorithm (laughs) Apple build so that people listen to podcasts. Secondly, let me do Arden's bolus for lunch here real quick. Okay, perfect. Uh, are you hungry? So Arden did standardized testing this morning and then ended up and said, I have to run down and get something to eat. I'm, I'm so hungry. And they're going to give us a later lunch today. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and get something. So she runs down, texts me, Hey dad, all the food was gone. Cause they're prepping for lunch, but I was able to get pop tarts. I thought, <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Um, and how do we, you know, what are we going to do? Cause she's obviously ravenous. 
Right. She's not going to stare at the Pop-Tarts for 15 minutes. So I did my like sideways best to bolus without pre-bolusing for Pop-Tarts. And we did okay. She went from 90 to 180. But she's 180 now and she's getting ready to go to lunch. So I'm going to have to make like a, a really aggressive bolus here. Because that pop starts, that pop tart still. Uh, oh, they're sticking to her. Giving you, yeah, yeah. It's like hello. It's been an hour, and Arden's looping right now. So, you know, her basil's been, you know, jacked way up. We put in extra carbs, you know, all that stuff, and it's still just holding her at like this one eighty line. And now I'm asking her if she's hungry, and she's not answering. Uh, I'll try again. She's doing really good with all this, though. I switched her over to try. Was this. she excited about it? Oh, you're out of your mind. She's not excited about anything. She's 14. <laughs> she thinks everything is stupid except her, like you know, her her friends and her text, her great anatomy, her text chains, and you know, whatever she's watching on Netflix, and that, that's all she cares about. She's just like, look, if it's easy, the only thing she has said so far about looping is, why are we doing this? We were so good at it the other way. And I said, no, I know. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to see if we can't be really good at this too. And if we can be really good at this as well, maybe it's just another option. Or maybe, honestly, you know, at the very least, it has allowed me to sleep overnight in a different way. So, you know. But I mean, I can't even tell you when we, um, we recently got on the tandem uh, T1 or T2, sorry, and with the basal IQ. I've had more actual nights of sleep ever, and you don't you don't realize how sleep deprived you still are. And I am not a waker upper. I've I've never been a waker upper. Um, I always say that if I need to wake up, whoever the algorithm or Jesus will wake me up. Um, <laughs> and and it's always worked because at the very beginning they told me, oh, you're going to need to set an alarm at two a.m. and and see what her blood sugar is. And I'm like, let me tell you, people. Diabetic or non-diabetic? I have two other kids. I don't need this one that bad. Because seriously, if mama got to get up at 2 a.m., nobody's living. Everybody will be dead. So we're gonna. There's not gonna be anybody left. I'm just gonna be wandering the streets, mumbling. I had to kill them. It's not my fault. And you know, so so never. I've never. And and it's one of those things when I go to the support groups or meet people, and they're like, "Oh, this that." I was like, "I must be the downright selfish." Is mother ever. Did it cause you a problem or what did you do? Just leave the, did you leave the blood sugar higher or how did you handle it? Well, I definitely think that, you know, if she woke up at a, you know, 180 to 10, we never even thought second time that was fine. Right. She wasn't high. That was medium, right? It, well, we didn't think about it that way. It was I like, heard, I never heard anybody talk about it like that before. Low. I'm kind of a B student. I don't really need to strive for A's. Okay. I'm, I'm a B student. I'm so amazed that it's never, by the way, uh, kudos. And it's never occurred to me to consider a 200 blood sugar medium, but now I do and forever will think of it that way. <laughs> that well, the funny thing is, is that now we probably think of a 110 as medium, right? Like not bad, not good. It's fine. Like that's, whatever, where we probably thought about that like a 210. And so um, uh, we just, I didn't, I really truly would wake up if there was something I would wake up startled and I'd be like, I have to go, you know, check and, or with Dexcom, I got to look over um, at my phone and see what's going on. And then, okay, is this like, should I drag myself out of bed and go take care of that? Or is she okay till the morning? (laughs) But I'd never set an alarm to physically wake myself up. Gotcha. Hold on. I have to grab something. I have to walk away from the microphone for a second.
So this is sort of interesting. So I, everything I've done to try to break the pop the pop tart log jam is working. She's starting to come down now. So I'm pleased about that. I think that the insulin we put in for lunch is going to work great. But I think what happened was because she's off schedule today because of this testing. Yep. She, the body knows. She sent me a note that said, we're eating now. And then they probably jammed her out in the hallway and sent her right down. So she's walking now probably in the hall. It's noisy and she doesn't recognize that I'm texting. And, and to what we're going to talk about going forward, she's, okay, are you hungry? Kind of. <laughs> Thanks. you got to be kidding me. Bolus. What is that going to mean? Let's think it's probably half of that. I was going to tell her 80. So now I'm going to say, oh, God, uh. 30 for sure. She's definitely going to eat that and that 40, 50, some of those. All right. I'm going 60 carbs. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about carbs? You don't yeah. carb count, well, but I'm, now you are because of the looping. But I didn't. So I, I'm, I'm loopy for looping. So, it's, <laughs> so where most people would go through and count the carbs, I just went through and counted my units and then turned them into, Back did it. Yeah. In, yeah. into my head. So, I looked at it and I thought, okay, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I'm going to myself, this is going to be 10. And then I had to think, where do we have the carb ratio set at? And it's like eight to one. And so I was like, all right, 10, 80. So 80. And then she's like, she's not sure. So I made it 60. That was it. The people, my brain hurt. The, the people who the people who <laughs> loop the people who loop are probably like, "Oh my god, you idiot! Stop telling people you're looping." Um, <laughs> yeah, you're giving us a bad rap. <laughs> but so we'll see what happens here, and I'm just gonna tell her. Tell me if you eat everything, and that way we'll do more if we have to. It's just it's this standardized testing just throws the whole day off. So we were 54 yesterday, and I'm trying to. I'm texting 54 going down. Um, and I'm like, what is going on looking at the time frame? And then she finally texts. She's like, sorry, I had to finish the last um, couple of questions. I'm like, these are standardized tests. These are not your tests. These are for the school. This is your blood sugar. It's just the school trying <laughs> like, to get money from the state. Right? By the way. Yeah. Right? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You stand up, you walk out, you go get a juice box. Oh my God. You're driving me nuts. I, yeah. Arden does the same thing though. She's, you know, well, I couldn't go to that. And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I try so, and she's being polite, honestly, more than anything else. And I'm like, yeah, there's and you know I what? Care about and things I don't care about. And, and it's hard because, you know, that's the kid I want. I do want a kid that is respectful of others and doesn't want to cause a commotion and those kinds of things. Um, and that's one thing we've had to really work with Riley is to be an advocate for herself so that, you know, she doesn't get into a pickle because she's trying to be conscientious of others taking the test. Yeah. Hey, so for those of you not looping, I just saw the bolus pop up on my app that I'm following with, which I know most of you are completely jealous about right now. Um, but now like, that we were yeah. just talking about, someone's like, well, a story that we can do in a second, but we just had a major overdose, uh, accidental bolus and had to be in the ER. Um, and you know, people ask, start asking all these questions. Well, what about this? And couldn't you do that? And isn't there something I was like, look, people back it up. Okay. We are using the best technology and the best practices. Right. It was an accident. Yeah. 
But, you know, that is one thing that I've said forever. It's like when she puts it in, can't there just be a thing? And then I don't have to text her. I don't have to bug her because I know she bolused. I know she corrected. I know she ate. Tandem? We are with Tandem, and I know there's probably some features and functionalities. I I hear you say clarify sometimes or clarity. Clarity is the Dex app. That has nothing to do with this. But what I was going to say is that if you had Omnipod, by the time this is out, there there'll be apps where parents can see when the bolus has happened. Right, because that I think is a huge component of like your relationship with Arden. You tell her what to do, and from what I hear, she you know, it. she does it. And you know, the biggest fight that we had right before making the shift um, was, "Hey Riley, do this. Hey Riley, do that." And an hour, I would get busy cooking dinner, or whatever. And I looked down and she's 310 going straight up. And I'm like, okay, like, really? So I told her, I'm going to have to treat you like we did when you were eight. I'm not going to do everything. But when I want to do something and I feel that you are not going to listen to me, I'm coming over to your body. I'm getting your pump and I'm going to physically push the button. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want me in that space, you have to figure it out. Yeah, I like that idea, by the way. And I'm seeing that with the loop too, because... With PDM, you know, with the PDM for Omnipod, I I could pick it up and it was separate from her. Right. But now it's, I need your phone. And so if you don't want your phone taken from you for five seconds, you'll have to pay attention to what I'm doing so that later I can just say, hey, we're going to do this now and you can do it. And she is picking it up. This morning, this morning I asked her to do a, a, like a little bolus, like a maintenance bolus with it. Um, which now people are like, wait, I have to maintenance bullets with a DIY, but just trust me, but I will have talked about it on the podcast by the time you hear this one. But I think that it's fair to say that, um, these algorithms are going to change people's lives I know. immensely, but it's not going to be what I think some people are expecting, which is, um, Hey, this exists now and I don't have to ever think about my diabetes again. It's not going to be like that. So, right. You know, um, And I think that says you have to take little bits where you can, right? Like, okay, great. This is, I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll I'll tell you what it's, it's telling me a little bit. And this is the second thing I was going to say, taking from, from the internet, you know, and, and maybe, maybe throwing shade on somebody without saying it's them or not. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, you'll, you'll get it in a second. I think that, and it'll lead into what we're talking about prior to puberty, parents of children who are managing these incredibly flat Dexcom lines and doing an amazing job of it. I know they think that they understand it better than everyone else. And they, they listen, you do, you, you have a, you have obviously an understanding of the timing of insulin that, that, that a lot of people don't have, but there is an aspect of this game that you're not playing yet. And you don't realize it. 100%. So 100%. For your Game of Thrones fans, you were okay and doing well in the war until that girl got that dragon. And then you really didn't have a chance anymore. Okay. So, you know, now there's a dragon. Like before it was you fighting on the ground with other people with swords. Right now, that's what you're doing. Your kid's nine. You have a, an incredibly flat line. You figured out how to bolus like cereal, which I know how to do. And trust me, it's exciting when you do it. And, right. You know, and all that stuff. Uh, but then all of a sudden the cereal comes back and it's got a World Wrestling Federation wrestler. It's got Hulk Hogan with it. Now it's the cereal and Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan has a dragon. And you were just like, uh, I knew how to take care of the cereal. And so 
there, these people would have no perspective on that. But I really wish sometimes they would just listen when someone else says, look, it's going to get more difficult because, right. because then they say, oh no, it does. It won't. I know what I'm doing. And they do. They're so good at it. Like amazing. That's like the parents that you tell to sleep when they're pregnant, like yeah. sleep all you can now. Okay. And right. then I'm after so you're like, why didn't I sleep before? I could have slept that entire nine months away. It would have been a good idea. <laughs> Right. And with Riley, like she was such a good child. We took her to restaurants and I was like totally side eyeing other parents like, um, get your kid to sit in the chair. Uh, why are they kicking my booth? Like all of this, like total dogging them out. And then I had my second child who was the kid that like stands up backwards on the booth and lifts the man's toupee from the, you know, cafe seat on the side. And you're like, Lord, help me. I thought I was a good mother. I just had a good child. Yeah. Yeah. You just get, I, I, people, when Cole was born, um, I remember, you know, becoming a stay at home dad in 2000, which was not exactly the norm in society at that point. And, um, you know, people were, you know, kind of looked at me like, Oh, this guy's going to mess this up. And when, right? I, and when I didn't, they were like, wow, you're really good at this. And I was like, I think it's not for me to take complete credit for. The kid's really easy to deal with. Right. Y y you know, and I've always maintained that, that if I look like a good dad to you, it's also because my kids are fairly reasonable, compliant people. And even when they become, you know, when they, when they get on the other side of listening, if you press back, they, they react pretty well to that. Right. You know what I mean? Even now in the middle of Arden being a lady, um, like we had a thing yesterday where she kind of, you know, she kind of pushed back in the wrong time. I was like, Hey, listen, you got to stop. And she didn't. And so I, you know, I'm one of those people. I think this is a parenting moment. This is the worst part of my job, but I have to stand my ground here and I have right. to make sure she understands. And it was unpleasant by the time it was over. And then, you know, an hour later we were making dinner and she was laughing and that was the end of it. Right. And I think that's the part that's a challenge when you really are starting to deal with these, the, the teen aspect of it, because, you know, somewhat when she was in her fours and fives of that, you know, she never really had terrible twos. Mm -hmm. um, well, she had terrible twos, but she was actually diabetic and we didn't know it um, with all the, you know, I got all these willful child books and all this stuff and come to find out the poor little thing was just sick. But w when we would do those things, we, you know, would give her the benefit of the doubt for a minute. And that was pre-Dexcom. So you didn't know, you know, whether her blood sugar was high or low. And I hated to stick her just to find out. If you could yell at her. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But then um, as we, you know, went into the teen years, I would again try to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I also felt that I had to stay strong as a mom because, you know, you lay the groundwork here. And, you know, one day she sat in the naughty spot for 13 minutes because she was acting like her four-year-old brother at the time. And I was like, I'm not getting through with you at screaming. So how about you sit in the naughty spot while he sits in the naughty spot and I'll set your timer for 13 minutes. And it was funny, but it worked too. That was a long time. And I said, I have very simple rules. You know, you respect me, you respect others around you. And if I'm telling you to do something, I need you to do it. Um, and it, it, it's hard when, when their blood sugar is off to, to stick with that. But, you know. I think it's possible that everyone with kids just heard you say naughty spot and thought of time out. And every adult of like <laughs> in their sexual prime just thought, I don't think that's what that lady means. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you know, I I uh, would go to the parenting classes and they would do this thing of time out and this. I was like, dude, uh, that's not working for me. And we, so, yes, we call it the naughty spot. And that is a different, a different place. You, I think my <laughs> wife would not have thought of a uh, time out if you would have said, hey, sit in the naughty spot. So anyway, um, so we, well, we want to get to something like I know we are hitting tangible things as we're going along, but. So you had like a genuine question. Like you said that, you know, that Riley, like Riley, when she's not in the mood to kind of like, I don't know what you mean. Like when you met, when she's not in the mood to listen or to, or to, to care. For us, we were in that place where she wasn't in the mood. She didn't care, whatever. And we had a bit of a hard change. Um, so I had discovered your podcast about three weeks before um, Halloween. And oh, can I, can you put, hold on one second, Scott. I need it somewhere else because it's making the podcast make a noise. Can you hide it in your office? Thank you. Someone just brought me my phone that I had hid in the other room. Sorry. I'm like, I'm going to do something nice. Are, are you in charge there? Is it like your company? No, yeah. I work at an amazing co-working space. Oh. I was member number one, so I have a little bit of clout, but, um. <laughs> so I just thought somebody was like trying to get brownie points for you and they probably just walked out thinking, oh, I messed up. But no. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so let's see what we're saying. Um, oh, so we, um, I started listening to your podcast about three weeks before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like super excited because, you know, there was all these fresh ideas. And so I kept saying, the guy on the podcast says, the guy on the podcast says, which I think someone in one of the podcasts even said that. And so we started talking about it around the house as this concept. And I got a lot of eye rolls and my husband was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you're on a need to know basis. Once we figure it out, we'll, we'll share it with you. So run along. Um, and we, we just kind of were floating these ideas. Um, but then sadly, um, on November 8th, my parents were involved in a big wildfire that we had in here in California, the campfire. And my, my mom, my grandparents and my uncle all lost their houses. Oh my God, and sorry. it was, you know, a pretty you know, stick a stake in it, uh, traumatic day. Um, and the next day we went to go get our new pump and get trained on it and get it up and running. Um, are you getting the helicopter sound all of a sudden? You're good. Okay, good. Um, and, uh, we also had just gotten the G6 in the mail. So it was one of those days where it was like a whole bunch of stuff was happening. We didn't really know what was happening with their houses at the time and where we get our diabetic care is a couple of towns over on a freeway with traffic. And for some reason I made an appointment at nine 30 in the morning. So we're literally no sleep. I hadn't slept the night before we're jamming over there. We're in stopped traffic. And it was as if we weren't really driving and we were floating. And we had this conversation where she basically said, you're constantly disappointed in me and everything I do. And it cut me to the core of like, I'm, I'm so not disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in the diabetes. And when we do stuff and it doesn't work and I'm frustrated and I'm tired, but never for a second, am I disappointed in you? Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a, it was one of those moments where I feel so blessed and sad that, you know, it had to take all of these other, you know, crappy things to put it there. But we were able to have a connection where we made a choice that we were going to take everything that we knew about caring for type one diabetes and throw it out the window. And we were going to 
arrive to that appointment um, with a diabetic educator 100% fresh, and we were going to go about it a new way. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't want anyone else to have to go through what we did to have to be in that space. But what I really want to do is like figure out a way for people who are trapped to put a pin in it and start fresh. Because that is what absolutely changed everything is just starting fresh of saying, okay, the guy on the podcast has been saying these things. We now have some two new technologies. Let's agree to not be mad at each other. Let's throw away that history of the fighting and whatnot and, and go from it from here. Yeah. You just have to communicate. Honestly, it's such a, it sounds so simple, but you know, if you're it, any relationship, any personal relationship you're in is about communication and about under, right. understanding how the other person feels like, look, you were coming at something in a completely earnest way and still she found it like attacking. Totally. And you didn't mean that at all because, because she has a relationship with her diabetes that you can't understand. And I have been told that many a times, this is not your disease. And it's something that sometimes I have to be reminded of because when I started caring for her, I, it had to be my disease. She wasn't able to take care of herself. And as she is, she, you know, she wants the freedom and the flexibility. And that's the thing, you know, that's a little different, you know, like I always joke, with her, I'd be like, well, Arden would do what Scott asked her to do. <laughs> Can you just do like, it? I don't care. I don't know who Arden is and I don't care. And you got to shut up lady. <laughs> so. Yeah. So she's been, she's been, um, pretty much handling things on a day-to-day -day basis since, um, she started in sixth grade, we moved, um, to a new community and she started, uh, middle school. And I, I, I had, you know, we call it Dexter. Dexter was, you know, giving me some data and that kind of thing. But for the most part, she started taking care of everything in sixth grade. Um, and when she needs help, she'll ask. But most of the time, she's taking care of it. And then I think what happened was she started really hitting the puberty and things went amiss. And then the eye rolls and the back talk and all of that got all convoluted together um, and the medium to high blood sugars really, you know, started pushing on it. Yeah. Two weeks after we made the change, she came to me and was, had a very serious look on her face. I was like, what, what's going on? And she goes, you know what? I just wanted to thank you because I hadn't realized how sick or unwell I was feeling in the 200s. It just seemed like that's what it was. And now that I've broken out of that area and am more strongly in the 90s and the lower 100s, I realized I didn't feel well there, but I didn't know. Well, tell her I'm really glad for her. That's amazing. And it's amazing that she, that she had the wherewithal and, uh, and, and, and to come to you and tell, to tell you without it being adversarial or like, you know, she very easily could have thought, oh, th you know, that woman was right. I can't let her know that, you know, like, right. I, right. And she didn't feel that way. She just came and told you. I said to Arden very recently that, you know, there's just going to be things that affect how you feel sometimes. And it, it, isn't it funny? It's such a hard discussion to have because I think that <laughs> I'm going to sound like a, I don't know what I'm going to sound like. I'm going to sound like I was born in the seventies for a second. Right. Um, I think that every woman I've ever met who isn't currently premenstrual or having their period understands how horrible it is to have their period to be premenstrual. I just, right. I just wouldn't, 
um, suggest that during those times that you would suggest to them that they're having a reaction that isn't the right. reaction they mean to be having. <laughs> right. And so when, when there are quite literally maybe two weeks of the month where it's not good for your personal health to go up to your daughter and tell her, Hey, you may be having a reaction right now. That's not, you know, your real reaction. You have to find this sort of perfect moment for it to come up. And, well, and I think and- what we've tried to do in that area is that I think, you know, cause my husband, when we uh, first started dating, he started tracking my cycle. So when we went to have kids, he had like all these data points that I was like, why do you have this information? I just had to have a little bit of data. He's a lawyer. So, you know, there's a, there's a black and a white. And so he, he's very much like, yes, yeah, so you have your, your, your cycle is this long and you have this and you skipped this month. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But it has been sort of the thing that we try to do now. Riley's also very tied to the moon, which I was like, I don't know what this is. But I'd been introduced to some, you know, hippy dippy moon magic stuff and realized that she's very much tied in with that. She's very much um, uh, drawn into how the moon is waxing and waning and whatever. And so we've started tracking it. And instead of saying, this is the time that you're either not on your period or on your period or pre-period is like taking it more to the moon and um, having equal, I don't know, weight to on off whatever. And that because this comes all the time. Well, listen, listen, there used to be, it used to make my wife so angry. I would sometimes say to her, hey, like she'd be leaving for work and I'd say, hey, like, did you, you know, are you stocked up? And she's like, what? I'm like, you're going to get your period today. And she goes, how do you know? And I said, well, two days ago, you were really nice to me. <laughs> so that always happens two days before you get your period. I, I, and she's like, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, All right. it's not true, whatever. And um, that's fine. Or uh, listen, and to your other point, a buddy of mine is a cop and he's like, look, I can't explain it, but on different like moons, people, people lose their minds. No. And it's funny because we'll look stuff up on the internet. She'll be having this day and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, you're 14, first of all. So let's not sweat it, but she'll just be saying this stuff. And so I used to get all like, Hey, whatever, go away. I've got other stuff to do. Um, and like check your blood sugar where now mommy's got her own level of crazy. She's got to deal with, I can't do yours. (laughs) I'm trying to get in some rosé. Leave me alone. (laughs) So now I just go online and see where we are. And so the last time this happened, I went on Instagram and I pulled up these, like, you know, I don't know what those, the, the, the pretty little pictures with the quotes. There's a name for it. I'm losing my mind right now. And, um, I showed it to her and I was like, Hey, look at this. And it was all the, where the moon was. And because it was a blue wolf moon, this over something horizon, literally the words that she'd been saying to me were in this picture on Instagram. That's funny. Yeah. And I was like, you're a weird kid, but I think you should look into this stuff. Cause I think it would help you to know, Hey, I'm feeling this way because of, and you know, my blood sugar's you know, 101. It's not that. Okay, where's the moon? <laughs> I don't know. Give yourself some clues. All right, hold on. Arden's telling you what she didn't eat. I didn't have the yogurt or the bagel. All right, all right, hold on a second. All right, so let's think of what I did here. So, by the way, she's 131. Nice. Diagonal down. Um, 
Okay, the yogurt I didn't expect her to eat. The bagel I thought she would eat some of, so she didn't. So she ate cherries, grapes, cookies. She had 30, 45 carbs for sure. Uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> Look for texts in an hour. There we go. I'm more of a roll your dice with my kid's life kind of person. I'm like, huh, well, let's see what happens. Um, actually tell the food log that you had 30, 50 carbs instead of 60. So she's going to go into where the loop logged the food and said it was 60 carbs. And she's going to tell it, you know what, it wasn't 60, it was 50. And so that was one of the things you were saying that yeah. that I think is going to be so helpful to see if you were like spot on or you were way off or yeah. that, that calculation I think is what's going to be interesting. First of all, you're delightful. I'm still wrapping my head around most of this. I, uh, I was given a reading assignment by Katie. She won't come back on the podcast until I finish the reading. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, so I was listening to that episode and I was like, is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? That sounds so complicated. I can't imagine. I can barely get on Skype to make, get on the podcast. Like, I think, so this is like future Scott talking about past Scott, which will be interesting because I'll be, if I stay with this looping thing, I'll be six months into it by the time you hear me say this, but I think we're going to stay with it. And there's limitations to it that we as people who are, you know, bold with insulin don't see. Uh, there's also pluses to it that, you know, will help you. Um, if you don't want to switch, what I'm learning from it will help you as I start talking about different ways to, you know, be bold without the, without the algorithm, but there's just a lot going on. This is a, this is a moment where I'm absorbing, 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 and trying to make sense of things. And well, I, I feel very grateful that you're doing it because I think, you know, like Arden said, you guys were rocking it out in a, a particular realm to it and has, has changed the way they've done things. But because technology is changing, because things are doing, you know, different ways and every company is handling it different. I feel like you would be a great person to check it out because you already have a way that you're doing it that has worked. So how can you give them feedback or give us feedback or evaluate it in a way that others wouldn't be able to? That's exactly how I feel. In a simpler sentence, I have thrown myself in front of a moving train for you people. So I hope you appreciate it because my kids- And poor Arden is the test rat that has to live with your madness while you're becoming the mad scientist. People look at me now in the house and they go, what, what should we do here? And I'm like, I don't know. Give me a second. And I'm standing there like, you know, rubbing my, my temples going, uh, 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 and so, <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting it. Like, it's just, it's, so I think that the people who loop now are obviously more technically based people because they were willing to leap into this, right? When it was, right. when it was nothing. And even when I talk to some of them, it's interesting. They're like, no, oh, no, these, these directions are very simple. And I said, <laughs> they're simple for you. Like, right. like, I'm like, I'm almost like an idiot. Like you have to, like, it's not simple for me. I tell her I'm reading things. And when I get bored, I skip ahead. <laughs> I was like, that's how oh. most people think, right? right? Like most people are like, this part's boring. I don't care. And they just randomly jump ahead four sentences. And I was like, I've done that. Or you use descriptions of things that I don't use. And I go, well, I don't know what that means. And I move on. I said, you're a person who would see a word you didn't understand and define it and keep reading. 
I right. skip over it and let my brain fill it in as best as I can because I don't think the way you think, which is right. why you're a scientific person and I am not. <laughs> and, I, and I said, and I said, you can't be mad at me about this because somehow the goofy way my brain works is how this whole bold with insulin thing came about. And, and now you're forced to, to like, she, so Katie told me and she made it public by having, she wrote a giant blog post about it. P, there are so many of you, if you're listening to this podcast right now, who manage insulin the way I do, that she had to write direction for how to leave my method and go to looping. Right. Well, because I think it's, the thing is, is that when I had the aha moment and I literally heard myself saying, why can't you listen to this woman who's only 10 months in and why? Cause at first I often said, this guy is crazy. And, and his daughter must be like stellar because she's paying attention and all of the things that I was giving the excuses as why it wouldn't work for us. And when I had that aha moment to go with it, I can't let that go now. Like this is, a, I have been shown the information. I've drank the Kool-Aid and I could see how that would be then hard to say, okay, now you're going to throw all that away and you're going to go this direction and you're going to let the technology help you make these decisions. I, I was at a, I gave a talk this weekend and while I was giving it, I thought to myself, yeah, I should be doing this. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I still believe that these algorithms are how the future is going to come. And I need to hold true to my word that I, I think that when leaps are made in management, you need to leap along with them or you'll end up being the person using regular and MPH when people found Novolog. And I don't want, I don't want my daughter's care to get stuck in the past because when we talked about earlier, why don't doctors tell you those are doctors who learned diabetes with a meter. And right, now you're right. walking in there with a glucose monitor and a pump and they're like, yeah, just count your carbs, put in the insulin, wait three hours and test. And you're thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense, but that's what they learned and they got stuck there. I'm not going to get stuck. If this right. ends up not being right for us, then God bless, whatever, I'll let it go. But I'm going to understand it before I say no to it. Right. Okay. And that's a, a perfect segue to what just happened to us with our ER situation. Um, Can I say one thing before you tell yeah. me that story? Okay. So again, this is going to be months ago now, but if you go back to an interview I did, which will go up next week, but be up for months by the time you hear this, with Amy from Insulate, she gives this, she, she just gets very honest at one point and tells me that when she started listening to the podcast, she thought I was a lunatic, just like, <laughs> like you just described, right? <laughs> Well, crazy, not quite lunatic, but yeah. And she said that I made her angry. Mm -hmm. And then she told me that she realized after some time she wasn't mad at me. She was mad at herself. 100%. And I thought, that's so amazing. And it's nice to hear for her that she made the leap. It makes me sad that my wife will never make the same admission, but that's fine. (laughs) But it was just, I don't mean around diabetes. I mean around everything. Yes, right. Yeah. But, but, But the point is, is that she had the, I think that shows a real core of character because I think there are a lot of times that we ignore things that make us examine ourselves. And she didn't. She, I mean, at first she had the reaction she had, and then she stepped back and said, you know what? Why am I mad at this guy? Like for having a better A1C than my, I do. Like, why don't I just let it go and figure out why, how did he do that? And I say that all the time. You'll, you'll hear me say it in social media. And when I'm talking, when you see someone doing better than you, don't be mad at them. Think, right. wow, that's possible. 
and let me find out how they did it. There are plenty of people in the world who do a lot of things that I can't do, and I copy them because they're having more luck than I am. So anyway, I I definitely think that that was the thing too, is that I was thinking, how can you know at 10 months? You, You don't, you have no idea. How can you know? And that was really me thinking, why, why didn't I listen to this podcast sooner? Why do I have to be 11 years in instead of 10 years in? How did we not know that a 7-7 wasn't a rock star A1C? Like, how did I not know that? Stacey, how did I get this far? One of the saddest moments I think I've ever had on the podcast, and I won't give the person's name exactly, but they figured, they found the podcast and it was too late for their health. <sighs> and I just, I... I don't even know how I kept talking to them because I felt, I felt like a failure for not starting the podcast sooner. And and I, meanwhile, I didn't know what I knew then I couldn't. And it was completely ridiculous. It's just, it's the timing of life. It's something that no one's in in control of. Like, you know, I mean, if, if I go have a car accident today, it's not like, you know, in hindsight, I can look back and go, oh, if I just would have left the house five minutes later, that wouldn't happen. But that's not how things work. So, right. And I think the thing too, of beating yourself up, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to have a second with this and then I'm going to move on. Okay, great. It sucks that we didn't know about it earlier, but oh, well, now we do. We're going to throw everything out. We're going to start fresh and let's see where we get. Cool. That's excellent. Okay. So you were, uh, alluded to and explained a little bit earlier that you guys had a, a confusion with a bolus that ended up in the ER. So I would love to hear about that. And we are in an, we are in an hour. So this is probably the last thing we're going to talk about, but go ahead. Okay, perfect. So we were just coming off the high, not from uh, blood sugar, but excitedness. We, um, I'm part of the JDRF Bay Area um, planning committee for our 2019 gala. And we had that on Saturday. And so the girls, my other daughter, Bailey and Riley and I were heavily involved um, in designing the event. And you know, whirlwind on Saturday, super excited. Sunday, we tried to like keep it mellow, but we were exhausted, so had other stuff to do. We roll into Monday, standardized testing, schedule's different, everything's off. Um, so Riley's exhausted and left her phone at home, which she has not done in I don't even know how long. So she called me from the school office and said, hey, I forgot my phone at home, but you know, now I've got my blood sugar um, readouts on, um, the pump. So I don't need the phone. I'm okay, but you won't have share. So you'll have to just trust me that I've got it handled today. And everything in my being's like, okay, that sounds great. So, um, and, and I do totally trust her. I, you know, so I was like, okay, fine. Let me know if you need anything. Um, and so I went into a meeting and the school number came up again. I was like, okay, great. Now the middle child has got something going because the diabetic has settled herself. And now the middle child's going to become a problem. And the voice on the phone was not my middle child. It was one of Riley's friends. And she said, I'm talking to you because Riley's freaking out. She accidentally gave herself too much insulin. Okay. And so I was like, okay, my daughter can be a little heady and get a little excited. So I said, Okay, Gabby, thanks for calling. Um, do you know how much? Can you ask her how much she gave? And she said, um, hold on. And so then it's like a little bit of a She gave 20 units instead of 20 cards. Oh, my gosh. The entire time, other than the moment we were diagnosed, I have never had a, a, a stomach drop to the way that that was. 
And the meeting that I was in, I literally got off the phone and said, I need to leave. There's been an emergency. I've got to go. Um, And I then got in the car and I took a second and I said, okay, we've been owning insulin. We are bold with insulin. We'll figure out how to handle this because we are in charge of the insulin right now. I'm not going to let the insulin be in charge of us. And it's going to be fine. But it took everything in my being to be like, okay, I'm not going to panic. Yeah, uh, drive off the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. So I'm not going to say I didn't break any traffic laws. I happened to have the meeting about four minutes from her school, which is closer than I would have usually been. Okay. Um, I got there and just very, you know, okay, let's handle this. How many juice boxes have you had at this point? Let's get in the car. Let's start driving. Um and so we were doing our backwards math of figuring out how much carbs do we need to now eat or drink to cover it. Um, and I was like, okay, you're going to have to drink about eight juice boxes, which I had just gone to the supermarket after I dropped her off at school, picked up juice boxes, took them back and put them in the office and had them in my car. Lucky. Never would have had eight juice boxes with us right. because we just wouldn't have. So that was the universe prepping us for the emergency. Um, and the thing that I was worried is that she's going to start to feel sick to her stomach drinking this much. So I was trying to like go through, what do we do? How do we do it? And, um, in the end, you know, we ended up turning into the emergency parking lot at a 43 double arrows down, which was the scariest that I've ever, you know, felt in that situation. But I kept just telling myself, we're very close to covering this. We're very close. I just need the juice boxes to kick in. The last one is just getting in there. The insulin's ahead of it, like running through all of the sort of like things that you're talking about. But backwards. But backwards, right? right? And, and just, you know, and the backwards thing, one of the things you'd explained about, you know, when Arden's playing sports and you're like, should I give, should I not? What should I do? And just thinking about the concept of, I'll give. And if we're, if I'm off, we'll drink the juice box, like owning the insulin versus letting it own you. And I just kept trying to repeat that into my head um, to get us through like the emergency part of it. And then once we were in the emergency room and finally back with the doctors after I had to jump the line and scare a lady that was trying to get a cast on her leg because she was broken and, you know, all this stuff. You're fine. Move. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Later, I went out and found her and apologized. And she's like, well, my foot was already broken. Another 10 minutes wasn't going to do me anything, but you were coming in hot. So I figured we would let you do what you needed to do. But once we got in, you know, it was so interesting to talk to the doctors and some of the technology we were showing them, they had never seen before. Um, And, you know, they were talking about how they were going to talk to another, see if they could get our endocrinologist, because of course, the hospital that we needed to go to is not in our network. We had to go to a hospital that we were not familiar with, but is in our town. Yeah. Right. Cause I was like, you know what? I, I know my calculations and 45 minutes of that insulin, when it's going to hit, if I take the 15 to 24 minutes to get to the other hospital, we could be in a different situation. And I'm not, I'm not going to risk that. Um, but it was interesting to, play with them in the sense of it being a team versus, you know, hearing what they said. And I I just kept thinking in my head of the different things, you know, and not specifically like, what did they say on the podcast, but it has become so much part of my daily experience and how I train myself and ways of thinking at things. It's like, 
yes, you are the ER doctor. And yes, you have information. I am also the mother of a type one diabetic, and I've been caring for her for this long. And I know how we're managing things. So we're going to talk this information out and hear each other and come up with a plan. Um, but you know, sometimes that's hard because we've just now gone through an emergency situation. And I was like, I don't want to see a 500 blood sugar. I understand that we might have a big spike, but we, we need to calculate this and not just shove randomly this emergency stuff into her. Stacey, I'm dying to know what happened. How did it work out? Like, what did you, did the juice boxes work? Did she have to get an IV drip? Like how low did she get? So it went, uh, we, the last number that we saw was the 43 double arrows down. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us about 10 minutes to get people to listen to us checked in and into the back. By then, um, she was no long. And during that whole time of the 10 minutes, it was just LOW double arrows down. So did I don't test, know. I, so I have a couple of questions. Did you test yeah. with the finger stick during that? And did you shut her basal off? So we un we took off the pump um, yeah. because she's on the, the, the street, right? totally or like ah oh, <laughs> that thing's gone for a minute. Um, so she has the um, T Slim too, so it it would have shut off automatically because she was headed down um, based on its algorithm. But when in doubt, we unplug sure. because I just don't want anything like I, I don't want us to mess it up at that point. Um, so we had, she had tested at school when the incident first happened, um, and she was spot on with Dexter of what it, it said that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, as we were driving, we were 91, 67, 43 double arrows down. So the hospital tested when we arrived, and what it said, 43 double arrows down, they got a 58. Nice. So that meant the, the, the carbs were starting to work. I, in, yeah. my, in my mind, that's what that means. Exactly. So her blood sugar was up and we weren't getting, um, the, at that point we were, the dots were basically, um, flatlined. And I think that's because it was so low. It, it was like, it it couldn't give us any information, but it was giving us dots across. Um, by the time we got in the back, I think the last juice box, because what I was also afraid is I didn't want her to throw up because of having so much juice in her stomach. So we were trying to take it slow. Yeah, you need that juice to stay in there because it, when it, if it comes out, it stops working. Right. Because let me tell you, the math is hard enough when you don't throw up, she, but then when you throw up. If she threw up, you would have been like, all right, that's enough, sweetie. We're heading for the bridge together. Never mind. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, now that's math. I'm not, I'm not going to dig through the vomit. Okay. Like, oh my God. Um, and then... So once we were back um, actually in um, emergency, we could see the dots starting to trend up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through our calculations with the doctor and figuring it out, we were basically one juice box short. Okay. But at that point, she was way too nauseous um, to, to get it down. So they um, went ahead and gave her um, one push of the um dextrose which was about 25 carbs okay through an iv through an iv yep and um they do a tiny bit of saline with that but it's mostly just the sugar and then of course that killed um dexcom it was like uh what just happened (laughs) so it it came up with a sensor error which at first it took us a second to realize what that was and then when it came back on, she was 78. 
Um, and it was only an arrow um, diagonal up, which we were so excited about because, you know, as much as we want her to be safe at the same time, I don't, she gets, she's now so sensitive to a high blood sugar. I just didn't want to shove her into this upper realm. Um, so then she had to eat some hospital tuna for lunch and show that she could eat and keep a meal down. Um, and then we got to go home. Wow. So I have, I have one, I want to say something before I ask my question. So since then, have you set um, a limit on her boluses so that they can't go to a certain number without telling her, Hey, you're trying to go over your bolus limit. So interesting, you know, of course, you know, you, everyone's like, well, what, how could she do that? And it's like, well, we figured out the math when, um, we got the pump and at first we were going to put it at, I think 12 units was what we were going to put the high at. And she's like, yeah, but what about when we go to claim jumper and I eat 140 cars? <laughs> well, that like, would be the time yeah. we would get the, 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 the message and then we would override it. <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, well, and so, so we I, have since changed it. Um, but the thing that's interesting is, um, again, we're still, you know, getting used to, we've only been on this pump since November and in the grand scheme of things, that's still a short period of time of knowing all of the trials and tribulations, um, with the testing, with the off schedule, with the being tired from, you know, partying till two o'clock in the morning, all of that stuff is what set up the perfect storm for this to happen. Um, and I just keep looking at it of one of, of being the example to share with other people. So everyone can now drop their bolus thing down. And I think also it was a great wake up call for Riley just to remember that this is a fragile situation and, you know, all of her friends have always rallied around her, but you know, they, they don't really, they're newer friends because we've only lived in this community three years. Mm -hmm. And so they've never, you know, really seen an emergency situation, not that we've, we've never had a low situation like this. Um, but they really rallied around her and were supportive and, you know, tried to be good friends. And, you know, one of the friends, when she started to get really heady and freaking out said, stop, tell me what to do. Like, I'm here to help you. So stop getting upset. But I, I don't know what to do for you. Yeah, um, well, That's really cool. And even like, because you haven't had an emergency before around these other people doesn't mean I mean, like I can think of times when Arden's in a room and there's girls in the house and one of them's downstairs and I look at them and put a juice box in their hand. I'm like, this has to go to Arden right now. Right. And then they leave. They know not to stop, you know, in my son's right. room and have a discussion about a movie. Like they know what's going on. These people just didn't know it all. And that's, this girl stepped in and did the right thing. It's really cool. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, they very much know when, because funny, this, this, specific girl, uh, Riley had just been at her house recently and they'd all been having fun and the mom was having fun and everyone was having fun. And I am like pounding away on the phone because I can just see her blood sugar spiking double arrows up. I'm like, she's clearly eaten. And by the time I picked her up, I was <clears throat> being that mom that maybe someone might call CPS on and, you know, and then the mom felt bad that it was her fault. So they had just been through a different situation with us and, you know, really said, we want to understand more so that we can be better friends yeah. and understand the immediacy of it. Because there's no other, like in a, in a life without diabetes, most things don't happen in a space where it's like now, right now, do it right now, like a timing issue. You, you know what I mean? And you know, when should we eat? I don't know. Soon I'm getting hungry. Like that's how most people talk about dinner. Not, That's what I constantly know. am telling her when she's with her grandma. They'll be shopping at Kohl's. 
And, you know, I'm watching her blood sugar go down and I'm like, okay, grandma's excited because they found shorts that fit in seven colors and they're trying to decide what to buy them. And Riley doesn't want to be disrespectful and say, uh, Gigi, now is when I need to go to the food court, not in 10 minutes, you know? Um, and, and that's something that, you know, is being an advocate for yourself as a teen when you're taking care of yourself of, of what you got to do. It's amazing. So, okay. So we'll remind everybody that your pumps have, um, safety limits. You can tell it, don't, don't let my bolus go above a certain amount. You can actually do that with your basal too. Don't let my basal rates go up too high. Um, it'll tell you if you try to go over that limit and then you can make a decision about what you want to do. But at least then, because if that happened, she would have been like, oh, I didn't mean 20 units. I meant 20 carbs. Ha ha ha. And then that would have been been the end of it. Can I ask a question though about the 20 carbs? Had she given herself the insulin for 20 carbs, like she meant to, how much insulin would that have been about? Um, so I think her carb ratio is one to six about. Yeah. So she, she meant to give herself a little over three units and she did 20. Yes. And so on her new touch screen, as you're going in, you punch in carbs or units, which was a finger mistake. Mm-hmm. And then she made the 14 year old mistake of when it says, is this what you want to give? Yeah. Just blowing through those. Yeah. Um, and here's again, the universe of it, um, you know, kind of watching over. Had she not forgot her phone at home when she checked her blood sugar, when she finished snack and was going into her next period, she would have looked at her phone to get her blood sugar, but she couldn't look at her phone because it was at home. So she looked at the screen of the pump to see what her blood sugar was because it's straight away on the pump screen when you look at it. And then she saw um, insulin on board 19.5. Oh, it's lucky she saw that. Uh, Wait, what a minute? (laughs) It's lucky she saw that. Yeah. Because had she not, and the sad thing is, is her school is in like one of those cell dead zones areas. So there's often little glitches of different things. So it could have been one of those situations uh, where they also had the um, Wi-Fi on lockdown because they were doing testing and all that kind of stuff. It was a perfect storm. Um, You do have to look sometimes. You just have to look. I tell Arden that sometimes. I'm like, look, you know, I'm not always going to, you know, I'm not going to be involved with you constantly. And, and we here between, you know, 120 and 70, I know what's going on, but you know, just it not, doesn't hurt you to just orient, orient yourself sometimes about what your blood sugar is. Just look down and see what it is and go, okay, it's, you know, it's what it is and I'm done. And that's, it's good, you know, just to give yourself an idea. They're, right. they're learning. I mean, obviously she probably took a giant lesson out of this. I think for you, I want to say, and we're getting so far over an hour, but I need to tell you, like you handled this so incredibly well. Well, it, I've been having, you know, a good coach and non-advice um, from you and just really owning it um, and not letting it own us. And, you know, through the whole process, I just kept reeling through all the things in my head. What do I know? What do I know? I, I have to tell you that if this podcast in any way helped you get through that, I am really I am very grateful. It totally did. I'm very grateful that that's true. I, I think that's really amazing. There's no way, there's no way that five years ago I could have said to my wife, "Hey, I'm going to start a podcast." I bet, <laughs> I bet you five years from now it'll stop a girl named Riley from having a seizure at her school. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's just so cool. Yeah. And to you know tell us that the the rock star way that we were living our life wasn't that rock star, and that. There is a way for a type 1 diabetic to have the same A1C as a non-diabetic. That was not, I didn't think it was possible. I thought that because you're a diabetic, you'll never 
be able to have, um, you know, the same numbers. That, that wasn't something that I ever understood. Um, and not that we have to strive for that in a way that that's all we focus on, but knowing that it's even a possibility and, and, um, and just being able to, you know, take a seven, seven and go to a six, four with very little effort in the, in the grand scheme of things, just doing it a different way and putting the energy in positively. I love your attitude. I really do. And I'll, I'll, I'll share something with you here. That's, I spoke to a, an adult with type one three nights ago, and I'm not going to give any of her details away, but, um, has had diabetes her whole life, mid twenties parent, um, A1Cs off the charts, blood sugars in the high 300s most of the time and distraught when I started speaking to them. And I made tiny adjustments in my mind to her basal insulin and explained how to pre-bolus. And the very next day, woke up and her blood sugar was in the 80s. I mean, because it's the thing, but the pre-bolus, and the slight adjustments, those are such huge things in the overall scheme that you, you know, she was diagnosed, Riley, before you, you don't pre-bolus a two-year-old. You got to see what they eat. But never did a flag come up for them to tell us, now's the time. Now you make the now shift. Figure it out. Hey, do you know what her doctor did when she went to the doctor for help? That took her pump, took her pump from her. And that's, that's the part that just, yep. you know, makes me sad and makes me say, okay, well, we just have to keep sharing the message, sharing the message so that people see that that's the norm, right? That it's okay to be in control, that your endocrinologist isn't the end-all be-all. Yep. Love it's, them, but, you know. It's your life. You have to take over. It, just even think if at any point during Riley's, you know, incident, if you would have just thrown your hands up in the air and yelled, call 911 and I'll just see what happens. I'll put this in someone else's hands. It would have went terribly. And, well, and I just yeah. feel like the whole 911 experience of what that would have done to her just as a kid would have been so much more catastrophic and, and you know, soul-shaking for her. And they probably would have stabbed her with some glucagon that would have made her 600. You know, I just, I, I felt like I was the person that needed to shepherd that and, and take her there and know what we know and, and use our best practices, even though it was an emergency situation. Um, and so good for you. I thank you. I'm going to say goodbye to you and I'm going to ask you to hold on for one second because I want to ask you something that's not recorded. So, um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this. You were incredibly open and thank you Riley too, for letting you uh, share her story and, uh, tell her I'm really proud of her. I think that's amazing. Well, thank you. And I hope I do her proud because she was the one who kept saying, have you emailed Scott yet? You need to get on that podcast. Right. <laughs> you, you definitely did. I'm, I'm already wondering how I can move this up in the schedule. Huge thank you to Stacy for coming on, telling her story, sharing Riley's situation with us, telling that crazy story at the ER at the end and everything in between. Really wonderful, open, honest episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stacy. While we're thanking people, let's thank Dexcom. Let's thank Touched by Type 1 and, of course, the Contour Next 1 Meter. And how can we best thank them? By checking them out at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, touchedbytype1.org, and ContourNext1.com. There are, of course, links in the show notes. There are links at juiceboxpodcast.com where you can type them right into your browser. 
please support the show by checking out the sponsors. And if you really loved it, why not leave a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts? Thank you.